Welcome back to the program. I'm Sarah Brenner. We go to Nigeria right now. With us right joining us is Reverend Dr. William Devlin. He's the co-pastor of the Infinity Bible Church in the South Bronx, New York, a national president of Redeeming Organization committed to assisting persecuted people and groups in America and around the globe. He enlisted in the Navy in 1970, received the Purple Heart after being wounded by enemy fire off the coast of North Vietnam. He holds several degrees, including Master of Arts in Religion for its Minister, Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He and his wife, Nancy, have five children, four grandchildren, travels around the world, and he's on his way in the next week or so to the Palestinian Authority, uh, actually, actually to the Hamas a grouping in Gaza. He's been there many, numerous times. We speak to him in Nigeria. So, uh, Pastor William Devlin, good to see you again. Rosev Baruch Hashem, and it's great to see you. And we were marching together there just a couple of Sundays ago uh, in the Israeli Independence Day Parade, you and your and your bride, your wife, along with Rabbi Joe Potasnik. So that, I got to tell you, Zev, that's one of the highlights of my year is to be there with you and uh, a few thousand other Jewish people there marching up Fifth Avenue. I think this year I actually did the march four times, uh, starting at 54th and then going up to 74th and then back and forth and just greeting a lot of people. And it was fun to uh, do one of those four legs with you and your wife. So uh, greetings from Nigeria. Uh, God bless you and good morning. And by the way, God bless you. You were at the salute to the Celebrate Israel parade and you kept saying, love Israel, love Israel. You're shouting to people to love Israel. So I love that enthusiasm, that passion. And we'll get to your going to Gaza. What are you doing in Nigeria? Yeah, yeah well, I, my goal with my organization and people can see what I do on widows, A and D orphans dot info. That's widows and Orphans.info, just spell out A-N-D. And I was very comfortable pastoring a big church in Washington Heights and New York City there in Manhattan about 10 years ago. And uh, Hashem, God came to me and said, you need to get out of your comfort zone. So you're too comfortable here. And there is a huge constituency of persecuted people in the war zones, particularly widows and orphans. And I need you to go to them. And I created two organizations. One is called Redeem, which is what uh, I'm about, is redeeming people in their distress. Uh, And then another organization, Widows and Orphans. And uh, I began to go to, of all places, Cuba. And then over the last 10 years, I've added 17 countries to that list. And what I do, I go in for a week or two to each of these individual countries. I mean, I'm talking Gaza. I'm talking Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, uh, East Pakat, which is in northwest Kenya. I'm talking Sudan. And, of course, now I am in northern Nigeria. In northern Nigeria, if if you can imagine, last year there were over 5,000 Christian believers murdered by Islamic terrorists. And I heard about this through a Nigerian colleague of mine uh, during his speech he gave three years ago with the U.S. State Department. I was there uh, listening to this invited and I walked up to him and his name is Emmanuel. And I said, Emmanuel, he's a lawyer. 
human rights lawyer. And I said, if I want, I'm, I'm asking you to take me to Nigeria. And he said, why me? And I said, look, anybody with the name that means God with us, Emmanuel, then uh, you're going to take me. And since that time, uh, I've traveled to with him to Nigeria 11 times in two years, even during the pandemic, and have been able to minister and help uh, widows and orphans to persecuted people. Just yesterday, Zev, I was in a area in northern Nigeria. I'm talking way up north near the Niger, uh, Niger border. And I visited one village out of 28 villages in the last 30 days that had been raided by Islamic terrorists. Schools burned, churches burned down. Uh, in this one village I was in, over 60 homes burned down, people shot and killed. It, it, it's just unbelievable. In May alone of this year, 2023, in Nigeria, all over Nigeria, particularly northern Nigeria, over 700, 700 Christian believers were either shot or hacked to death with machetes. So Nigeria is probably the most dangerous nation in the world for Christians to live. And it's all about the Islamization of Nigeria, uh, even with this new president. So it's... Uh, it's open season on Christian believers here. That includes pastors, that includes women, that includes children. And it's really a march to Islamicize all of Nigeria. And I'm here to help the people that are being persecuted, to help the people that are victims of all this craziness. I mean, if you can think, we, we have orphans as a result of these 28 villages being burned over the last 30 days, I'm talking in real time. This has just happened in Nigeria, Zev, in the last 30 days. So let me ask you uh, we, a couple of questions. And number one yeah. is the fact that the there, there's a war, Islam against Christianity and Judaism. It doesn't get a lot yeah. of attention because you're talking about massacres of Christians and no Jews in Nigeria, massacres of Christians. It should be... The world's on the world's conscience, and he, I, I'm, I'm surprised even the Pope doesn't get involved or some other groups. You don't hear about it. And the, the second part of my question, which you can address, is: Aren't you scared for your life being in Nigeria, considering they're killing pastors and other Christians that are there? You stand there. You don't look like you're a member of the Islamic faith. So, aren't you concerned? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I am a, as you mentioned in the intro, I'm a combat decorated veteran. That happened 52 years ago when I got shot up and shed blood for America. And I've been doing uh, radical things. I mean, when, when you're, think about this, and your listeners and viewers should think about this. I've been standing up for uh, the right of Israel to exist in some very hostile places. Uh, we'll get into it. I go to Hamas and I say, look, Israel's not your problem. You're your problem, Hamas. And so I, I obviously, as a pastor, I don't fear, uh, have any fear when I go to these war zones, even where I was just 18 hours ago, where it was a active battlefield. I was with the Nigerian army. They were in full battle gear with helmets, with M16s, with Uzis with with uh, bulletproof vest tanks uh, armored personnel carriers it, it was a battlefield Zev. but of course uh, as a 
follower of God, as a follower of, if I may say, Yeshua, uh, I have uh, no concern where I'm going. I know I'm going to be with him uh, when I die. And my wife of 43 years, Nancy, and our five children, they're all married. Uh, they're all doing good work. Takun Olam, as I like to say, our family is very much involved in Takun Olam. And uh, we have 11 grandchildren. Uh, we have two coming on the way next month. So I have no fear for my life, no fear for my life. And your first question is, why isn't the world hearing about that, about all of these murders? I mean, 700 people killed in one month in northern Nigeria. And it's really a news, what I call a news suppression. And people really don't want to hear about this. And, you know, the reason, and I'll say this very boldly, the reason that there's no Jews in Nigeria is they've all been murdered. And Were there Jews you know, in Nigeria? No, they're, they're not. Were there at some point, as far uh, as you know? As far as I know, yes, but uh, this is centuries ago. You know, in the in the Jewish diaspora and all the Jewish diasporas, and there were Jews in Nigeria. But when Nigeria, uh, when the Islam invasion occurred, they killed. Uh, you know, Christianity didn't exist in Nigeria at that time, but the Jews were here in Nigeria, and they were all murdered by the uh, by the Muslims. What is, what course, year what year are we talking about? Well, we're probably talking around a uh, thousand AD. That, yeah, uh, okay talking 1900 years ago. But, you know, Zev, your, your listeners are aware that that's happened in other countries. And I think of the, the nation where I've done a lot of work over the last 17 years is the nation of Sudan, which is now embroiled in a civil war. There were Jews there in Khartoum. In fact, I have visited the main Jewish cemetery in Khartoum, Sudan. About a year ago, I was I heard about it through the Canadian ambassador uh, to Sudan. And I actually visited there and there was a Canadian businessman that uh, was unearthing the only Jewish cemetery in Khartoum, Sudan, which was under about 10 feet of garbage. Wow. And so he was putting together all the headstones. And this was the cemetery, Jewish cemetery in Khartoum, about an acre in size. And as he went through all the garbage and, and soil and sifting through it, it, it was amazing. And I've got some great pictures of this that I'll send to you that, of course, all the headstones had been broken down. So this Canadian Jewish businessman said, I'm going to reconstruct this cemetery. And he's been doing it over the last year. And it's just amazing. He he has to put the headstones and the gravestones together like a jigsaw puzzle. But he's hired an entire team of people, and they're they're making that happen. So it's new suppression. Why don't we know about all these Christians? Seven hundred in one month. The only place I've seen this, and your viewers and listeners can go to ChristianPost.com and do a search in the search box Nigeria, and they'll see this report from an organization here in Nigeria called the International Society for civil liberties. And they are uh, one organization that does uh, uh, research on all the killings that are done. And the area I was in is in a area called Plateau State. It's one of the northern states of Nigeria. 
And it is just horrendous to go through and see schools burned down, churches burned down, and uh, homes burned down. And Zev, the entire place is a ghost town. There's no people there. It's just the Nigerian army. And that's just one of 28 villages that I could have visited yesterday. Wow. I had time, but I spent about five hours in the area uh, with without any uh, helmet or bulletproof vest. And we knew that the Muslim terrorists were watching us and they were only about a mile away in their compound. And they raid this place every night to completely destroy the homes, the churches and the schools. So it's unconscionable. Unconscionable. Where is everybody speaking? Now, I want to shift to Gaza because you've gone to Gaza numerous times. So how many have you gone on your account, would you say? Yeah, in the last, I've been going to Gaza for 13 years, and this will be trip number 33, Zev. 33. So what do you do do when you go to Gaza, first of all? Yeah, well, most people don't know that you can get into Gaza. Uh, I I go in as an international pastor, as an international NGO, uh, as an aid worker with Widows and Orphans. And again, just to repeat, widowsandorphans.info, and people can... Uh, see all the countries I'm working in. And what I do in Gaza, most people don't know that there is a small Christian community. There are actually three churches in Gaza. Uh, one is Greek Orthodox. The other is Eastern Roman, uh, Eastern Catholic. And then the other one is a Baptist church. And I go in and I minister to the Christian people and bring in uh, pharmaceuticals. I bring in money for food. And primarily, I go just to encourage them. I mean, Gaza is an unbelievable place. It's 20 miles long. It's seven miles wide, two million people. And there's about a thousand Christians left. And they're not, so being, and they're go, not persecuted. I believe that they are certainly face harassment, if not persecution in Gaza. Yeah, yeah. They, it's not active persecution. I, I use that terminology advisedly. Uh, here in Nigeria, there's active persecution. There are people, there are Christians being killed. In Gaza, it's more of an oppression, of an oppression, meaning that it's difficult for people to get employment, uh, especially for Christian young people. Uh, there, there's even uh, one of the scandalous items a couple of years ago is there was a Christian organization in Gaza that refused to hire Christian young people. And I, I went to them and I said, what's this all about? This is crazy. Well, we can only hire Muslims, et cetera, et cetera. The, the other item I do is uh, I actually go and meet with Hamas and I say to them that you need to have good relations with Israel. And of course, I'm always talking, you know, Hamas, they're Muslims, they're radical, they're Islamists. And I, I talk to them about uh, Jesus. And what, Messiah. and what do they say to you when you say that they should work with Israel? They, I'm surprised that they let you in that they don't, I, I God forbid they should do anything to you, but these are not the kind of people that like that kind of right. talk that you're giving them. Yeah, yeah, they, they wouldn't be a, uh, a, a, to use a Christian context, uh, you know, a Sunday school teacher. But I, I go in, I'm very bold. You know, I've been working with the Israeli and Jewish community for some 35 years. And it's not just marching in parades, but it's, I've been to Israel, uh, right now I've been to Israel 52 times. Because in order to get into Gaza, you have to go through Israel. But I, I've been on 
going to Israel with with organizations like uh, JCPA, uh, Jewish Community Public Affairs. My first trip to Israel was back in 2006 with Bert Siegel of the Jewish Community Relations Council of Philadelphia. And, you know, when they have a Christian pastor, when these Jewish organizations have a Christian pastor that is standing for Israel and the right of Israel to exist and and standing for the Jewish people and saying to the world and saying to Hamas never again, then. You know, they look at me and obviously they think I'm crazy. Like, what are you doing in, in Gaza? It's controlled by Hamas and we are at war with Israel. And I say, well, you know, you need to have if you want to come on the world stage, you need to drop your constitution, which says that you're working toward the death of Israel. And I said, you know, I'm here. I'm a friend of Israel. I'm a friend of Gaza. I'm a friend of the Arab Christian community here in Gaza. And you need to change your thinking on this. So, so what I do they tell you when they say you tell them you're dealing with thugs and terrorists? What do they do? What do they tell you when you, in response? Yeah, Zeb, I know this is a very unusual algorithm and paradigm I'm sharing with you. But it, it's something that uh, God Hashem has told me to do. And because I'm now going to Gaza for the 53rd time, and obviously they can go online and see pictures of me marching with Zev Brenner and Joe <laughs> <laughs> and the Israeli uh, Independence Day Parade. So they, they can see all this. Uh, so why they let you they, in then? Well, you know, that's a good question. But I, I, if I may say, uh, from a spiritual perspective, I think it's God's favor. It's God's favor. And I'm the only I'm the only person in the world right now. How many people are Zev are there in the world? Five or six billion. I'm the only person in the world that's going into Gaza and saying to Hamas, you need to lay down your arms and you need to know that Israel is your friend and work together with Israel. But, you know, they don't they, they basically just stare at me and they are in disbelief. They are in unbelief that they actually have a Christian pastor who they're letting into Gaza, telling them what they need <laughs> to do from a geopolitical vantage point. So it, it's highly unusual. And of course, I, I've spoken with the New York Board of Rabbis, their board of directors, and, and they can hardly believe that. Wait a minute. You're going into Gaza. You're meeting with Hamas. Uh, you're meeting with the head of military intelligence for Hamas, and you're not only telling them that they need to lay down their arms and that Israel is uh, is your friend, and they, you know, you need to love Israel as I love Israel, and I'm also talking to them about Jesus Messiah. So I, I think that they, it's such a bold, unusual approach now but are you trying to convert them to christianity at the same time oh yeah yeah you know you're I, trying to I, convert I, them <laughs> I, i'm, I'm boy well, you're, you're on dangerous ground between being pro-israel and telling them that and trying to convert them to christianity boy i'm just surprised they they let you out or let you back in yeah i uh well you know i don't convert anyone i just give the message of good news about uh yeshua Hamashiach. Which obviously and, we're going to be at, uh, we have a different, a lot different perspective, but uh, yes. we respect your religion and I, and I know you respect the Jewish religion, 
But the and, fact that yeah. you're telling them that is certainly bold, and then we call that in Yiddish chutzpah. But right, yes. <laughs> right. Our guest is is Doctor William Devlin, Pastor William Devlin. He's a pastor of the Infinity Bible Church in the South Bronx. The group is called Redeem. He has a Purple Heart for uh, fighting being wounded by enemy fire in North Vietnam, and he's fifty two times going to Gaza. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Alan Dershowitz. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talkline with Zeb Brana. He is so smart, and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep, keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Okay, we are back. Pastor Dr. William Devlin is our guest. We speak to him in Nigeria. He's co-pastor of the Infinity Bible Church in South Bronx. Has an organization called Redeem. He received the Purple Heart uh, for his service to our country after being wounded by enemy fire off the coast of North Vietnam. And he's currently on his way shortly to Gaza, which he visited 50 some times. So, Pastor, then let me ask you this. You go to Gaza, you know, they know you're pro Israel. What, what level Hamas operative are you dealing with? Is it, you ever meet anybody at the top of the Hamas organization? Is it just low level Hamas individuals at border patrol? Give us an idea who you're talking to. Oh, yeah. I uh, both and Zev. And again, thank you for this conversation and appreciate your friendship. And just to repeat, it was great to be with you and your wife and Rabbi Joe Potasnik at the Israeli Independence Day Parade last month. I enjoyed marching with you. And I loved your enthusiasm. I said earlier when you kept shouting at everybody, love Israel, love Israel was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But were you you shouting love Israel when you met with Hamas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, I obviously meet with the uh, border crossing people. Uh, there are two checkpoints after you leave the Eretz crossing. Uh, then and you, you go through what I call no man's land. It's an open area. It's a covered walkway. You can't get out. And once you pass through Eretz crossing and the Israeli defense forces, uh, I have six month permission to go in and out of uh, Gaza, uh, granted by the Israeli Defense Force people there at the, the uh, Eretz crossing, just about uh, a 70 shekel cab ride from the train station at Ashkelon. So normally when I go to Gaza, I fly into Ben Gurion there in Tel Aviv and I hop on the Israeli railroad, and it takes me all the way to Ashkelon, and then I hop in a cab, 70 shekels, I'm there at the Eretz Crossing, and then once you go through the Eretz Crossing uh, with permission, which you can get online, and I have, because of the relationships I've developed with the Israeli military there at Eretz Crossing, they've given me a six-month permission, and I actually also bring in a Christian pastor from Jordan who is formerly uh, the pastor of the Gaza Baptist Church there in Gaza. 
but uh, some 15 years ago, his assistant was captured by uh, radical Islamic terrorists there in Gaza, uh, was tortured. He refused to deny his Christian faith and was murdered and dumped uh, in the parking lot of Al-Shifa Hospital, which is the main hospital in Gaza. This happened in 2007. Uh, so uh, I know the border crossing people because the Palestinian Authority has the first border crossing when you cross into Gaza after going through no man's land. And then Hamas has their checkpoint. And I'm very demonstrable with my faith. And I, I say to the people, I, I say, God loves you. Uh, Jesus loves you. These are the border crossing people. And then uh, I typically meet with the head of military intelligence of Hamas. And it's a guy by the name of Abu Mustafa. And he always asks me, he says, uh, uh, and I go by my Middle Eastern name, which is Abuna Abu Zakaria. My one of my sons, one of my five children is Zakaria. And so I'm known throughout the Middle East as Abu, father of Zachariah. And, of course, you add Abuna, which means pastor or father, priest. And so I meet with Abu Mustafa. And he, he after some uh, discussion, he says, uh, he says, Abu Zachariah, why do you come here to Gaza all the time? And I say, Abu Mustafa, the head of military intelligence for uh, Hamas, I say, I'm here for two reasons. I'm here to love and help the people of Gaza, uh, and not just the Christian people here. Obviously, there's no Jews there since 2007, uh, but I also, I'm here to help everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm not discriminating who I help. And uh, then I said, I'm, always, I'm also here to share the love of God. I'm here to share the love of Jesus. And uh, the last time I was in, which was about a year, it's been about a year since I've been in Gaza. And uh, I was there in June of 2022. I couldn't get there often during the pandemic because of their restrictions. And uh, so he says, OK, you're, you're here to help the people of Gaza, and you're here to share the love of God, you can come in. So I know it sounds highly unusual, because uh, let me repeat, I'm not just meeting with the Hamas person, police officer on the street, although I know many of them, and uh, but I'm meeting with the head of Hamas military intelligence. I, and I've actually been praying for a meeting with uh, Ismail Han Hananiah, uh, the head of uh, Hamas there in Gaza, but uh, so far uh, he hasn't responded. Have you actually uh, made a formal request? I, I have made a formal request, yes. And so, and I'm, what am I going to tell him, Zev? I'm going to tell him that he needs to love Israel. Lay down your arms. Israel is not your enemy. Uh, the, Israel is your friend, and I'm here to share the love of God with Ismail Hananiah. So, it, it, it sounds very unusual, I'm sure, to your listeners, but this is something I do in all the countries I go to. Well, it's amazing and, that you do that, that, that you're not afraid to speak out. Now, you mentioned that there was a Christian pastor who was killed by Islamic terrorists. And, and there could have been Islamic uh, Jihad, which exists also in yeah. Gaza. So aren't you concerned? Now, Hamas seems to know you, but have you had contact with Islamic Jihad? Uh, no, because, well, I, I mean... I go down into Dar el Bala. As people know, after 
uh, Gaza had the influx of, of Palestinians uh, that were formerly in Israel, uh, there are still 21 camps, if you want to call them that, uh, 21 camps that are uh, underwritten by UNRWA and other international organizations. I actually bring food baskets along with uh, uh, another Christian pastor colleague from Jordan, and we go down into Dar el Bala, which is, I mean, who knows who's who's down there, but it's really a seedbed of Islamic terrorism. It's on the way. It's it's south of Gaza City. It's almost on the way to Rafah Crossing, which is the border with Egypt into the Sinai. So I go down there and I'm in clerical gear. I, I'm, I have my clerical collar on. I, I, ha- I wear a cross around my neck and people will not make eye contact with me. The men will not make eye contact with me, but they'll point to the cross that is in, in, in my chest and then they'll wave their finger and say, no, 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 no. And so they, it's unusual to have a representative of the Christian faith down in these camps. But yeah, so that, again, I, I just amazed that you're not concerned if it's not Hamas, Islam, or Jihad. These people are thugs, yeah. brutes, murderers, assassins. So they didn't they hesitate are. to kill, kill the Christian colleague. So you're walking out without any protection. So it's it's just amazed that you're that you. I, I admire the fact that you're not afraid, but you're dealing with people that are. Terrible people that have no qualms yeah. about killing anybody. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, I deal with terrible people when I'm in Afghanistan. I deal with terrible people. I was almost kidnapped in Pakistan. I was in Syria a couple of years ago, and I was actually riding in cars with Al-Qaeda and al-Nusra, and I was sharing uh, the Christian message with them that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. And the, the, I, I, I was with people at the highest level of uh, al-Nusra and al-Qaeda. I was with uh, a gentleman by the name of Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr, uh, okay. Yeah, he was the chief physician for al-Qaeda and al-Nusra in the Idlib province of Syria. This was a number of years ago when there was the active civil war. It's calmed down quite a bit, but the active civil war when uh, Assad, the president of Syria, was killing many of his own people through barrel bombs. And uh, I happened to make application with the Syrian American Medical Society because I have a medical background. I used to be a hospital supervisor, and that's what my undergraduate is in. And I got into Syria, no problem. I've been there twice. I actually volunteered at the Babalahawa Hospital right there on the Turkish-Syrian border. So this is, Zeb, this is my life. This is what I do. I meet with mean, terrible, murderous people like Hamas, like Al-Qaeda, like Al-Nusra. I've been to Afghanistan, met with Taliban. I've been with, uh, been in Pakistan. As I said, I almost was kidnapped. Who almost almost kidnapped you? Uh, There was a group of uh, Madras students and I was uh, actually preaching. I was declaring the love of God on a Muslim campus there in Pakistan in a city called Lahore. And there was a group of about 10 men uh, who I didn't even know who they were. And I asked my translator 
and uh, they began to question me. And I, I, he said, you know, these guys are going to kidnap you. You need to start running. So we ran. We hopped into our car and we sped away. But I said, who were those guys? He said they were the Taliban. Uh, wow. They're being trained in the madrasas. They come down from the mountains and then, you know, they're preaching radical jihadist uh, Islamic craziness when they come down to the college campuses because they're into recruiting, right? So when I'm there in Gaza, uh, I I basically share the love of God with impunity. And, uh, you know, if they kill me, they kill me. And I know where I'm going when I pass from this life into the next, into eternity. But again, I am a fierce advocate for the Jewish people. I'm a fierce advocate for the nation of Israel and nobody is going to convince me otherwise. And I, I support the Jewish people. I support Israel. Uh, every opportunity I get, I go to Israel, of course, all the times in order to get into Israel, excuse me, into Gaza, you have to go through Israel because foreigners are not allowed to go into the southern border crossing of Rafa. So it's just something that, uh, and as I said earlier, Zev, God has given me favor to go to these dangerous places to help widows, to help orphans, to help the persecuted. And, uh, and as it pertains to Gaza, to tell all the people in Gaza that Israel is not your enemy and you need to lay down your arms, stop with the shooting of all the missiles uh, that's never going to work. And, you know, many of those missiles, they fall in, they're fired from southern Gaza and they fall into northern Gaza and they actually kill little children in Gaza. I've seen it firsthand myself. So uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I have the boldness and your your listeners and viewers will know this. I have the boldness of Elijah. Uh, I'm not afraid to confront Ahab, who in this case would be Hamas. So and 52 times in Gaza, they haven't killed me yet. So well, God, my- God, God forbid they should, you should be preserved. But you were entering a very dangerous place. And each time there's a new set of circumstances, new sets of people. These people just look they have a, they have a bloodlust, unfortunately. They, yeah. I mean, I'm going. Yeah, I mean, every all your listeners and viewers and, you know, Zeb, what's going on uh, currently in, in the uh, in the in the territories up in Samaria or what's called the West Bank. And we know what's happening in Janine. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of anger. But uh, I mean, if if Israel didn't stand for itself and have the security measures that they've had in place since 1948, they they would be obliterated. We wouldn't be we would not be talking today uh, in June of 2023 about the nation of Israel because they would have been overrun long ago. And all your listeners and viewers know the history. I know the history. And that's why I say that never again. You know, it's a great embarrassment when I sit there every January in the United Nations General Assembly Hall and I'm sitting next to Rabbi Joe Potasnik of the New York Board of Rabbis. And and I'm sitting there and unfortunately, I'm recounting in my own mind the silence of the Christians in many countries during the Shoah. And I'm reminded of that as I sit there all day long. And, you know, the other embarrassment is that even on that day, Zev, when I'm sitting there in the UNGA Assembly Hall, 
I'm the only Christian pastor there. And it's not that I don't invite people. Why am I one of the few Christian pastors that's, that is marching in the Israeli Independence Day Parade? So I am very active in recruiting Christian pastors. And I know that there are many crazy Christian pastors that don't think that Christians should support Israel. It's called, and your listeners and viewers, and you know this, it's called replacement theology. And uh, so I, I would say that I'm a lover of Israel and I actively recruit other Christian pastors in New York City and up and down the East Coast that we need to love Israel. We need to stand for Israel and we need to stand with the Jewish people because we were silent. The Christian pastors were silent. There's a few exceptions. There's Raul Wallenberg, not Raul Wallenberg, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and a few others that were active. And of course, what, what happens if Dietrich Bonhoeffer paid with his life? He was hung by the neck with piano wire by the Nazi regime because he uh, refused to uh, go along with all of what the Third Reich was doing. So I, I'm basically a 21st century Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'm going to stand up for Israel. I'm going to stand up for the, the the Jewish people, and I'm going to say never, never Well, again. thank you for what you're doing for our people. Our guest is Pastor William Devlin. He is co-pastor of a church in South Bronx, New York. His group is called Redeem, and he has won a Purple Heart for his service to our country, being wounded by enemy fire in North Vietnam. And he's been 52 times in Gaza, and he's not afraid to tell the Hamas leadership to love Israel. We continue our conversation after these messages. Please welcome the 110th mayor of the great city of New York, Mayor Eric Adams. One of my favorite radio shows. Always good speaking with you, Zev. Take care. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. You are listening to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Now we're back. He loves Israel. Marches in the Israeli Day Parade in New York City, tells people to love Israel. And he's going to Gaza. He's been there 52 times, not afraid to tell Hamas that he's... He thinks highly of Israel. Do they check your documents when you go there and say you've been to Israel? Do they interrogate you about your connections to Israeli, to Israeli government, Israeli people? Do they question you about your attachment and your friendship with the Jewish people? Unbelievably, and again, I go back, Zev, this is basically my theme in all the countries I go to, and people can see what I do at widowsandorphans.info. Uh, they do not. Uh, obviously, they have access to the Internet. I am uh, I have run a very I have lived rather a very public, transparent life. If your listeners go to any search engine, they can type in my name, Pastor William Devlin. And, and I do have an earned doctorate in urban emotional trauma. I just got it about four years ago. And so that helps me dealing with these traumatized uh, former captives of the Islamic State in Iraq, where I work, and I go into the uh, UN refugee camps there. Uh, it helps me when I'm meeting with widows who have seen their husbands beheaded here in Nigeria. And uh, 
I, I hold trauma healing conferences in three cities here in Nigeria. Uh, but Hamas, I, I, I have even bought weapons for the Christian, one of the Christian militia, militias in Iraq. When ISIS was at their door and I met with the, uh, the Iraqi general that was overseeing the Nineveh Protection Unit, and people can see this online, I actually bought for them out of personal money $4,000 of uh, rocket-propelled grenades. And they used those about a month later after I purchased them from an arms dealer in Iraq. And, of course, the U.S. government knows that I did this. The U.S. Uh, State Department knows that I did this because there's a big article in the Christian Post about my uh, doing this. So when Hamas, I'm sure that they go on and they search uh, everything about me because there are hundreds of articles about my work over the last 10 years, but they've never questioned me about any type of collusion I have with the Israeli government. They've, it, again, I say it's God's favor. Uh, they've, uh, and, and they obviously could do that since part of the permission process, I not only have to get permission from the IDF, uh, which I always do, and I have a six-month permission, but I also have to get permission from Hamas. And my sponsor inside uh, Gaza, who is a uh, Christian surgeon, he's a beloved figure. He's lived in Gaza all 75 years. He's retired now, but he's the one that applies for permission. Uh, if they have any trouble, they bring me into the military intelligence division of Hamas. I've been there probably six or seven times. And no question about my work with Israel. No question about why were you marching with Joe Potasnik and Zev Brenner in the Israeli Independence <laughs> Day Parade in New York City. <laughs> so it, it, that sounds unusual, uh, but that's the life I live and I believe it's God's favor that allows me to go into a dangerous place like Gaza. I, I also go into Samaria, the West Bank. Uh, I'll be there. I support a Christian widows organization. In, in, in fact, I mentioned earlier, Zev, the, uh, the Christian pastor. He, he was actually a, an assistant pastor that was murdered in November of 2007. His widow and th she was pregnant. She had two small children, a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and she was pregnant with number three. She had to flee Gaza, and uh, Israel, and their compassion allowed her to go to the West Bank, where she lives now. And she, uh, I mean, we're talking, this is 15 years ago. Her kids are now grown, uh, uh, teenagers in their 20s, and she runs a ministry uh, to widows there in the West Bank, and our organization financially supports that. So, but I've, I've never had a problem with Hamas. Uh, they, they never question me about my relationship with uh, the IDF. They don't question me about my relationship with the Jewish people, nor with Israel. And I'm sure they are fully awake to what I'm doing. They're loving Israel and loving the Jewish people. But did you find that strange? Didn't you expect to be challenged much more so than you have? Yeah, I, I think, Zev, good question. I, I think what I do is so unusual and it's so radical and it's so outside their normal thinking. Like 
why is this Christian pastor coming in and helping our people, the people of Gaza, and yet he's the lover of Israel? I don't think that they, in, in their small minds, in their Israel-hating minds, I don't think that they can put those two thoughts together. To, to give you an example, the last time I met with the head of military intelligence for Hamas, he he said, oh, are you only helping Christian people? And I said, no. I said, I help everybody here. In fact, he says, well, do you have any documentation? And just the day before, I had gone down in southern Gaza, which is highly dangerous, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, th that's where the jihadists are. And I was bringing food baskets to a, a, uh, a family that was just in desperate need. They were Muslim. They were a young couple. And we actually connected with this couple through Facebook. And I went down there with a colleague and we gave them financial support, not a lot, a couple hundred dollars. And we gave them a food basket, which would last them about a month. And they had a small baby. They had some medical uh, issues that they had to deal with with the child. And, and so this leader of the Hamas military intelligence, he... He said, well, do you have documentation? I said, yeah, I've got pictures right here on my cell phone. And I pulled them out and I showed him. And he said, he said, I know where you were. He, he said, Abuna Abu Zakaria. He said, that's very dangerous where you were. Wow. He said the next, he said the next time, I find this funny. He said, the next time you're there, I need to go with you to protect you. And I said, well, thank you very much. So let's go to Avram in Kensington. Let's squeeze one or two phone calls. Avram, you have a question for our guests. Yes, I need some education on Nigeria. I'm a uh, prehistoric person. I remember there was a breakaway prog uh, province of Biafra, and there was a civil war, and they were subdued, and then there were a lot of people blowing up pipelines, uh, and it had something to do with um, Muslim Christian, and then there was the Boko Haram. Now, where did any of these things fit in to your people who are getting attacks in that part of Nigeria. Yeah, well, that's, and, and thank you for that question. That's southern Nigeria. That would be, people remember Biafra. That's down in what they call the Delta region. And it's, uh, I'll say it's relatively safe down there, although there have been attacks on Catholic churches in southern Nigeria. Where I am is all the way up north. So if you look at the map of Nigeria, if you look at the next border country uh, of Nigeria, which is Niger or Niger, N-I-G-E-R, uh, that's I am very close to that. I'm probably only about maybe a half hour away. So Ni Nigeria is cut up into three sections. You have the northern area. You have what they call the middle belt. And then they have the southern uh, area of Nigeria. So it's cut in thirds. And the northern area is the place where all the Islamic terrorism is going on because they're coming in from Chad. They're coming in from Cameroon, the, the terrorist that is. Uh, Boko Haram is coming in from Niger or Niger. So there's an all out full court press, if I may say that, to basically de Christianize northern Nigeria. And so they're picking them off one at a time. They're going not to the the urban areas, they're going to the villages. And then they're coming in, they're burning churches, they're burning houses, they're burning schools, Christian, and they're killing men, women, and children. 
and their uh, forced conversions, guns held to their heads, machetes held to their necks. And they're said, if you and they're told, if you don't say the Shahada, la ilaha la, then you're going to you're going to be dead right now. And I, I would say right now, 100 percent of the Christians are not converting to Islam, but they're doing it by force. And, and they what they're doing, if I may say this uh, advisedly, what they're doing is demonic. Uh, that's going on. I mean, think about it. 700 Christians killed in May of 2020. Terrible. We're out of time. So thank you, everyone, for yeah. your phone call. Father William Devlin, who's speaking to him in Nigeria, thank you for all that you're doing for your support for Israel, for not afraid to speak up to the Hamas terrorists and, and you go into Syria and other dangerous places. So may God continue to protect you and keep up your friendship with the Jewish people. And we, and we look forward to having you safely return to us after your next trip to the pal- to the Gaza area. Yes, thank you, Zev. And people can go to widowsandorphans.info and they can see all that I do. Baruch Hashem, thank you for having me. Now, we'll get, God will have you back in. And we got to march next year in the Israeli Day Parade again. All right, we'll do it. I'll be there. Father William Delvin, in Pastor William Devlin in Nigeria. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms, or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to thetalklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.